You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. up and wager welcome into the show happy monday february 7th 7th it is happy monday hope everybody had a great weekend we got a lot to get to today recapping the weekend pebble beach ufc event st petersburg tennis Women's Tennis WTA Tour kicks off today. They've been having qualifiers. The actual tournament begins momentarily. So we'll get to some of that as well. I've got uh, three or four bets that I'll share for that. Ricky, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Did you say, Tom, that uh, the tennis tournament's in St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg, Russia. Oh, Russia. I was going to say... St. Petersburg, Florida. Your boy's <laughs> looking to move there, Tom. That would have been interesting, but not Russia. Not Russia. I think they do have a tournament in Florida soon. Not quite yet. Like in a, you know, in the early spring, I think they when they come over here. I don't know. The tennis is big in Florida, Tom. They really like their tennis there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It might not be till the fall that they get out there, but I think they do have one there. They obviously have um, in New York, Rhode Island. They do a little trip up that way. Um, so okay. they get all over the place. But for now, in Russia, indoor, indoor uh, hard court matches. And got a bunch of plays there. I'll share those a little bit later on in the show. They're all starting you know, pretty early this morning, but uh, I'll get you some of the plays that either are tomorrow or a little bit later this morning. Cool. The, Ricky, we'll start with the with the golf event, Pebble Beach. That's where we have to start. Tom Hoagie takes it home, gets the win, out, outplays Spieth, outplays Cantlay, who looked horrible down the stretch. Tom Hoagie takes it home, and you'll remember as we were looking at our, you know, the model that we put together, the results, the projections that we had, Hoagie was ranked pretty darn high in there. Um, So it it was good to see. I think we ended up losing half of a unit on the plays that I gave here. The only play that won was Hoagie to win his group. At like Tom, plus three seventy five. Go ahead. 
um, that guy, Seamus Powers or whatever, did you dirty, my man. He he had that thing in the bag and then shot like a 76 or like a 72 or something really bad on Saturday. Uh, but you were looking like you had a live like 28 to 1 ticket at one point late in the day on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that happens a lot in golf, and you, you get more critical of it, and you notice it more, of course, when your guy was leading during the week and falls away in the weekend. But I, I do think that happens somewhat frequently. I don't know, I think he though. he had a five-stroke lead. Yeah, it was, I think it was, uh, I think at one point it was a six-stroke lead, but five when it closed on Friday. It was, uh, you know, I really only watched... Sunday, yesterday, the final day. Uh, I watched like a little bit in and out for for the week, but I watched the whole day of golf yesterday, Tom. And that guy Hoagie too. He he looked like he was out of it early yesterday. He had a mm-hmm. double bogue and fell like two or three back, and he just kept climbing his way, kept fighting. And Spieth on that, I think it was like the seventeenth hole. He just a centimeter, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, his shot ends up in the bunker versus on the green and. Literally, you could look at that hole as uh, the winner for Hoagie right there. Yep, yep. And even uh, the 13th or the 14th, the par 4 that Cantlay and Spieth both just botched it, hit it yep. right behind that tree, and both of them just... Cantlay, Cantlay got behind a tree over there on the right side. I think it's either 13 or 14, but on the right side of the fair, of the rough, he's behind a tree. He says, okay, I'm going to pitch this out into the middle of the fairway, get up and down, and get my par. He punches it out from the rough behind the tree, like sideways, to go into the fairway, and he hits it too hard, and he pushes it up against the grandstands on that hole. Oh, I saw that, Tom. He gave he gave the people holding Cantley top five tickets a damn heart attack during that. It's just unbelievable. How do you? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, it's crazy though. He uh, he like didn't play well. Any of the four days. I mean, he played decent, but he was right there, Tom. Despite not having like a great round, that which just tells me he really does have kind of an edge on that course, can't lay. But either way. I was just like California dreaming so bad watching the ocean in that course. It is just oh, yeah. such a beautiful course, Tom. Pebble Beach. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. stunning. Um, That's the word. So overall, good good week of golf, I'd say. Um, we will be back and ready for uh, Wednesday when we do our golf show. We'll, we'll put everything together for Wednesday. And next one up is a big one. Phoenix Open. My favorite. Phoenix Open. Waste management, Phoenix Open. Big names here. This is the first tournament where all the big names are out. Rom will be there as well, as long as Spieth, Cantlay, these guys that were here today, they'll all be in for the Phoenix Open. So should be a really nice that, time. Yeah, the, the waste management, it's my favorite tournament of the whole year for golf, Tom back. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona, my old stomping grounds. This is just a, a big party. I kid you not this event. 
for the people, the spectators watching, this is this is a fun one. Excellent. So we'll have uh, we'll have everything together for Wednesday. Uh, what else happened? This uh, did you watch the Pro Bowl? Yeah, right. you know I watched I watched like a drive of it, Tom, and it's kind of a joke. It's I was uh, I was glued to the golf watching my boy Speed Cash. It's horrible, horrible. Yeah, the Pro Bowl needs a giant change like now because nobody I don't know anyone who actually watched it. Don't know a single person, but uh, yeah, I was being facetious there. I'm I know he didn't watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Too much other good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I did on. try Tom for like a drive or two, but I watched uh, Dalvin Cook get like a handoff on the first drive, and the way they reacted to a running play, I was like, all right, I'm not watching these guys practice. Yeah, yep, that's exactly what it is. We also had a UFC event. How did yeah. that go for you, for Sean, for Sean Brady? And then uh, I did the calculation for Mustache to to go over that. Yeah, so um, Sean Brady's picks, I can say because I played them all, he had a huge night, Tom. Uh, he had like two or three KO props on his card that all hit. Um, so it was it was a very profitable night for Brady. I think his losses were in the main event. He had. Uh, Hermanson, and I think the one before the main event, the Diaz fighter, ended up winning that kid, uh, Nick Maximov. He got the win, but aside from that, Brady had a perfect card. It was a really, it was a really fun night of fights, Tom. Uh, a couple fights that caught my eye or that I really enjoyed. Uh, the Philip Rowe one was fun because he was getting dominated on the ground and then ended up getting his knockout. Um, this guy, Almeida, Tom, he is an absolute beast. I think that's a name that everybody in the UFC circled when they saw him fight. Um, and then the third one that I thought was a really good fight was the ultimate fighter one, the Treshawn Gore and Brian Battle. Brian Battle ended up cashing as a dog, but, uh, just a close fight, Tom Gore, he was he was talking a lot prior to that fight of like his his aspirations and everything in the UFC. I think it worked against him there. He kind of a letdown performance, but fun night of fights. Great, great. Nope, that's perfect. And uh, Sean Mustache MMA Sean, I think ultimately was down like point four units is what he ended up. Just a couple of tough breaks. He's been, you know, the three cards he's had, he's been, like, right there every time. Like, that's his record. And it's like he's one of those bigger props away from turning a good profit on a card. And it's just not falling his way. But to be able to just stay, you know, minus .4, .3, like that, when the card really didn't go your way on the on the bigger gambles that you took, I think it's... Wonderful job. Wonderful job. And I would like to touch on that for a second, Tom, because I think that's really important and something that people forget. Um, You should judge. I've always thought you should judge handicappers, pick services, everything like that, more on their losing days than their winning days. And what I mean by that is 
on a really bad day or a really bad weekend, are you losing 10, 15 units, you know, eight, 10 units, or are you losing a half a unit, a unit and a half? You know, is it, is it a reasonable loss? A lot of these people out there, Tom, they're bad weekends. They're really, really bad. Maybe the good ones are really big and it's just kind of evens out that way. But like even the steady picks system, for example, Tom, I had a really big betting weekend personally this weekend, but I also played all the steady picks plays. So that cut into my winnings a little bit, but on a really bad weekend for steady picks, what they lost like a unit and a half, maybe, you know, it's, it's about managing the, the bleeding uh, sometimes, you know, cause the tough runs happen. It's a very good point. And it's getting just so ridiculous. Like I can't even, I don't even know if I can go on Twitter anymore. Like I love using Twitter for you know gambling Twitter. I, I love some of that stuff between, you know, the circles off the bet stamp guys, captain Jack Rufus. These guys are always tweeting at us with us. Without us, it's all interesting stuff that we that they talk about on there. I love reading it. But my God, can you go down the rabbit hole of gambling Twitter? Just horrible, horrible, like like accounts that are just I cannot believe people follow that and say, "Oh yeah, this is I'm going to follow this guy. He's got a good like, he knows what he's doing." Like. I'm not even it's it's almost hysterical, Ricky, for somebody like you who doesn't use Twitter, so you just don't you don't really get what I'm saying. But like some of the people that are on Twitter and look at follow these people, like you know what I'm saying. I just got followed like I just get followed by all of these accounts that like you just wouldn't believe. Like value betting, plus E V betting, this betting, that betting. I'm trying to look now just to see how ridiculous these are. Just sports betting I, legend. I know what you're free talking plays, about, Tom, from plays. the times I've opened TikTok. I see the it's same very shit. Similar. Very similar. That's a good point. Very similar. Yeah, I can't even open the app anymore without getting attacked by damn handicappers. And it's just such a – it's just a, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry is these people with Twitters like that. You know, I just can't even stand it. I cannot stand it. Everybody's yeah. an expert, $200 a year for blah, blah, blah. It's just disgusting. <laughs> it's, I hear you, Tom. I think we can all relate to a degree. And I'll be, um, I'll be having a conversation with, like, a normal person on Twitter, right, tweeting back and forth. And these people just come out of the woodworks and they want to pick fights and they want to, it's just like, get away from me. Just get away from me. <laughs> I think I'd like Twitter, Tom. I think you'd love Twitter. You know, the it's one thing how, I yeah, say. I, I like some of the noise. I, unlike me, or unlike a lot of the members of our team, Tom, too, when people like to engage with us like that, I have fun clapping back sometimes. I know it's frowned upon, but do you ever, you ever just have a little fun in there? No. Never. No. And it's a losing battle every time. Yeah. Just I've been asked stop. not to do it anymore <laughs> from the higher powers. <laughs> so these people just won't stop. Like, there's nothing you can say. 
Oh, man. It's like, dude, you're a total fraud. You're a total fake. Look at my spreadsheet. Look at my spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, my um, God. But, Tom, did you only have golf plays this weekend? Um, yeah, I only had golf. Um, no NBA. NHL's No college. NHL break. was on the all-star break. They're back tonight, so I've got – there's two games tonight, and I've got both the overs in the first period. Okay. We'll get to that in just yeah. a moment. I'll give you the full breakdown, but my man was hot in hockey prior to the break. I'm hoping you pick up right where we left off. Me too. Me too. And yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, be a little bit more disciplined. And just because it's the weekend, don't feel like I have to go bet college basketball all day on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like I'm, and I didn't bet the Pro Bowl. I don't have to bet the Pro Bowl. So, part of this is just trying to get a little bit better every day. But I do think I did a nice job this weekend of saying, "Hey, the stuff that's on this weekend is not what I normally bet, and I'm gonna go ahead and pass on it." Yeah. Makes sense, my man. No need to force it, especially with so many good betting events right around the corner. Last thing you want to ha- do is uh, throw units away on stuff you don't feel good about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, we'll get. Let me get to the hockey plays here. Let's give out a few plays. The hockey plays over in the first periods of both of these games. Hurricanes and the Maple Leafs, Devils, Ottawa Senators, over in the first period of both. One of them, let me get the numbers here. One of them got minus 135. One of them's minus 140. Let's see which is which here in a moment. Uh, so the over of the Devils and the Senators is minus 140. Over of the Hurricanes and the Maple Leafs is 135. I really think I like the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are like the best uh, team, the best over team in the league. So we really like the Maple Leafs here. Again, over first period, both of these uh, that's what we're going to do. Steady Picks Radio, wake up a wager. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up with uh, with the picks for today. Got a bunch of tennis plays. I'm really, really excited to share with everybody. So I'm looking forward to that. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Be back in a minute. Are you trying to get a winning edge in sports betting? Look no further than SteadyPicks.com and SteadyPicks Radio. Our team at SteadyPicks provides data, analysis, and insights to help you become a better sports better. Best of all, SteadyPicks is 100% free. A SteadyPicks membership gives you access to all of the SteadyPicks system bets, our expert hosts' best bets, and our special guest picks. Head over to our website, www.steadypicks.com. Sign up for free and start winning.
Denny Picks Radio, Wake Up and Wager. Thank you for taking a quick break with us. SteadyPicks.com, completely free to sign up. Sign up today. Best bets from myself, from Ricky, Donnie, Big John, Sean Brady, Mustache MMA, the whole crew. Fantastic. So sign up today, completely free. Get a little bit better at sports betting today. That's what you got to do every single day. Get a little bit better. Uh, Ricky. Yes, sir. I'm getting the itch for some baseball. Me um, too. It's going to be coming up quick here. And hopefully the league can figure out this lockout situation. The more that it goes on, the more I think we're going to be getting into a lockout. I was reading up on it, trying to see what I could find, and it just seems like the, that the, the league and the and the players are so far apart on what that they what they want and need that this is going to be a long road ahead to getting this sorted out. Like the difference between what they want, like what each party wants, is very very different and big. You starting to feel like it could bleed into the season. I think it most definitely does. Unfortunately, oh, I just don't see a scenario where it doesn't right now. Yeah, I, I know a lot of executives prior to the end of last season felt, you know, this was going to be a tough agreement to come to and kind of prepared, you know, people in the organization. So it sounds like that. That's exactly what we're seeing, my man. But minor leaguers are going to report soon, no? They are, and they're not part of this contract. So spring training will be minor leaguers. Spring training will go mostly as normal with whoever else can go. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference is not in the players that are making $10, 20000000 million a year. That's not the problem. The problem is the players, they're, they're, the players are fighting for the players that make the minimum for the minimum to be significantly higher. And of course the league doesn't want to do that. And that's where I think the big divide is. You know, they want a huge increase in the minimum salary in the, in the MLB. And what is that Tom? Do you know the minimum salary? I think is like five, five sixty five, five hundred sixty, 560, somewhere in there, just over like a half a million looking it up right now to get an exact figure. So the minimum MLB salary at this moment is $570,500. Yes. It's about a little more than a half a mil. And they're pushing for something like 675 or something like that. The players proposed 775, 775, which would be a 36% increase from 2021. Hmm. And the league saying you know, no way to that. Of course. What's interesting, Tom, is that while this is the minimum MLB salary, there's minor leaguers who make what? 30, 40? Like let's oh, let's yeah. see. Minor league salary. Average minor league salary here. It, you don't even you might not even want to look it up. It's that bad? Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. 
Jeez. I mean, just think about an, an athlete, you know, professional athlete with, like that. I mean, I know you're in the minor leagues, but my goodness. And that's why they had all the problems with the minor league baseball and they got rid of some a lot of teams. And it's part of the reason why. It's just not a big market for it. You know, we see that with all the minor league type things, the NBA with whatever that was called. I forget. Uh, G League? The G League. Oh, my gosh, Not very Tom. successful. The average minor league salary, these guys make between 8000 and 14000 between April and October. That's not enough to live, my man. That's the problem. And that's a whole different conversation, but that's the problem. That's the problem with the minor leagues is, like, these people can't even – you can't even live on that. You're, you're scraping by – well – you're you're working a second job to try and get to your dream of the MB and the MLB. But is this factored into the the lockout too? Like, are they trying to improve no, this? No, that's not included in the negotiation. Jeez, man, as it probably shouldn't be. To be honest with you, like I know that's not very much at all. But have you ever been to a to a minor league game? You see how many fans are there? Like the 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 only way contracts can go up is if people want to see what you're doing, and a lot of people don't want to see what the minor leagues are doing. And that's just a fact. That's borderline hobby. Like you're 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 flirting with this is a hobby and not a career. You're playing. You're, it is. Not, it, it it's not a career. Minor league. You know you're fighting for your chance to make it to the MLB. Get brought up because of COVID or injury or something. They're waiting for that chance to get brought up and play enough games to collect, you know, a one-year salary where they have to pay you for the year, play enough games so that that happens or enough games that they bring you back on the real team next year. Like, you know. It's a grind, man. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but anyway, I just hope, I, I I really hope they get it figured out. I don't feel like they're going to because that's a big discrepancy. Like, where are you going to meet in the middle on that? I don't know. But I'm hoping they can get something figured out so we can have baseball on time. I agree, my man. It won't be the same without the, the Tom baseball picks. Oh, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I, I hope we have a, a really good season like last year. Uh, we're working on some stuff. I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel when I was doing and working on and what I had together. Um, there's no need to. There's no need to, but we're just going to try and get it organized a little better. Because I used to spend, I mean, Ricky, I would get up two, I would get up two hours before this show and start crunching numbers. So hopefully I can, if I can save myself like an hour because I've created something that speeds it up, uh, that'd be most welcome. Hey. I'll be, I'll be eager to see it, Tom. Um, one other side note that if we have a few more minutes here, I wanna I wanna talk to you about Tom before I go to upper management here and start pushing. But I got some whale talk. If you have a minute here. Oh, Ricky, <laughs> you get a minute. I hate. Yeah, go ahead. 
it, I, I wanted to have this conversation over the air just so people could kind of see, you know, how difficult it is to to get a whale play across the team here. But Tom, I've prepared a little PowerPoint, and what I want to do is I'm going to be advocating all week this week for the the Rams to be a whale on the Super Bowl. It can't I've be got, possible. It cannot be possible. I kid you not, Tom, I got a PowerPoint prepared to go over with the team today of all the reasons why this this is the game that it has to be it. Now, whether it'll work, I don't know. You know, as as you guys know, everyone has to agree with the whales. There's a lot of factors that go into it. If just one box is left unchecked, we cannot put it up. So, for example, if Tom who holds a whale card, does not agree that the Rams should be a whale, it won't be one. Just just like that, they'll... So, Tom. And now I've become like a an amateur psychologist or something because I always have to figure out how to let you down easy. <laughs> oh, man. There is no way that a super the side of a Super Bowl can be a whale play. That is about the most minus EV play... It's not a side. In the entire world. It's not a side. I want a, a 190, Tom. I want a 190 money. Oh, well, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a tough battle, I can already tell. But the thing is, getting by Tom is the first step. Because if I can't get by Tom, I'm not even pitching this to anybody else. So, I don't know, Tom. I mean... Now, historically, when you talk about the money line, it gets slightly more interesting. Just ever so slightly to the point where I'll at least entertain this for a moment. And I'll tell you why. This is an important lesson for all Super Bowls across the last however many years they've been betting. Every time they bet, this holds true is that for whatever reason, the public loves to bet the dog on the money line mm -hmm. during the Super Bowl. They want, I don't know what it is, but they want that last, like, big plus money ticket or, you know, they want that last hurrah, we're going to take the dog to win outright instead of the points. So historically, the dog on the money line catches a lot of action. And what happens is they start adjusting the money line without adjusting the spread. So generally what you find is that if there's any good bet to make on the Super Bowl, it is usually, as far as the numbers go, like what's a positive expected value, the only one that can ever even be close to getting there is generally, and this is just sides and totals, by the way, but the only one that's generally close to even getting there is the favorite on the money line because it will start to lower. Like it it will start to come down ever so slightly. Yes, Tom. Yes. And I, I agree full heartedly with the spread. You know, just out of principle, you couldn't, you couldn't bet a side big, you know, just because of how firm and sharp these numbers are. But uh, you're going to be in the presentation, so I'm not going to dive into the PowerPoint today on the show. I'll Later in the week, I'll touch on a lot of the points on here, but – the basic idea behind this, Tom, I'll just leave it at this, is that the Bengals 
aren't better than the Rams at anything. Nothing. But it doesn't There's matter. A... It doesn't matter. But what I'm getting at, and I, I have numbers to this again, so we'll go over this later, but you cannot find a single aspect of the football team that is better than the Rams in any part, Tom. They're not... The Rams are better in every single way the game of football is played. I know, Rich. I, I, I know. No, the numbers, though. And this isn't opinionated. This is me. I'm going to show everyone across the whole board. They're a better team. And I know. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy. If the angle on the Bengals is hoping that Joe Burrow who is phenomenal. I love Joe Burrow. But if the angle is that you're banking on Joe Burrow, who is experience-wise on the tail end of his rookie season because he got hurt, if you're expecting him to overcome all of this, pull a rabbit out of the hat and win the Super Bowl for the Bengals, I just don't see it. I think it's unlikely, and I think it's unfair to even put that on Burrow and this Bengals team, you know. But here's the thing, Ricky. The, the the team that is the best, quote, air quotes, the best, almost never wins a full, like, playoff, season playoff. The number one team rarely wins because there's so much variance in a day-to-day performance of these guys Who's to say the Rams don't perform at a higher level? Who's to say the Bengals don't perform at a higher level? It's yes, I know on paper you can say I don't see a single position where the Rams are be- or where the Bengals are better, but it's not that easy. If it was that easy, the playoffs wouldn't be that difficult. None, no football games would be that difficult to look through. But there's so much variance on a day to day, game to game basis. It comes into effect that it's hard to just talk in in generalizations like that. Yeah, I hear that. And the difficult part, too, is that, truthfully, the Titans and the Chiefs kind of were in the same boat. You know, yep. like they were better on both sides of the ball, yep. across the board. I mean, there was some some categories for sure that, you know, the Bengals might have thrived in, but... It just feels like, Tom, how many times can a team steal a win? You know, and maybe, you know, they, they can certainly steal one more. But at a certain point, and this is part of variance and whatnot, the better team's going to win. Mm. And, and that's how I'm feeling in this game. Ultimately, I mean, they're even at home, for God's sake. They're playing a damn home game. As if it wasn't lopsided enough. Right, but doesn't that can that just this all concerns me. Because okay, the Rams are playing a home game. You know that's accounted for in the line somewhat. What do you think? Maybe it's a a point? If that, yeah. You think but if probably that. a point. Probably say, a point. You're saying if that? Yeah, because the thing is, while they are home, it's not gonna be a home crowd. You know, it's not all Rams fans. It's just going to be NFL fans and celebrities. And, you know, it's it's a little bit different. So I, I don't think certainly not a full two or three points. So 
I'd say it's maybe one, one and a half at the most. Okay. So if it's one point, you're telling me it, it bring the numbers at four right now. Take away that on a neutral site, this is a three-point game. If the Rams are so much better, why is that so close? Like, why are they saying on a neutral field this is a three-point game? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because so I'm gonna say the consensus line is is gonna be around four and a half, right? I see fours and four and a halves right now, but let's say they're getting a point for the home field, and then that leaves the line at three and a half, which feels right to me. That feels accurate, but. I just don't know, Tom. I, 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 the spread's interesting, but the Rams win this game, bearing them shooting themselves in the foot. I think they'd have to beat themselves to lose this game. Like, Tom, that Bengals O line, how are they going to hold up against I Von Miller and saying. Donald? I hear what you're saying, but this is the reality of of all sports. Like, this is what happens. The best team doesn't always win, and really. It doesn't even happen that often. The best team doesn't always win. You can think, if you look back at the last, and I would love to do this, I don't know what the historical, like against the spread stats in the Super Bowl are, how close it to 50-50, I'm not sure. I'd love to know that. But you look at the, just in your memory, you think about all the Super Bowls, a lot of times the best team didn't win. Happens a lot. Yeah. Eagles. Likely we're not the best team. Think about the Giants of old. But in terms of one we're not the best team. Tom, like if you're thinking if you're breaking it down just to one bet here, and you have the opportunity to get a team that Again, this is not opinion. Statistically, is better across the board at everything. They're playing at home. I'd even but then. Why like, isn't this spread seven, eight, nine? Like, there's a reason it's four and a half. Four. This is the most efficient market in all of sports. Is the Super Bowl sides? You won't find no a doubt. more efficient market. Why is it four, four and a half? If the Rams are so much better at every level at every position. And I think, Tom, it's because of partially what they've accomplished. And you can't take that away from them. You know, they were a seven point, seven and a half point dog, and they went in and won in Kansas City. They were, a, I think, a three and a half point mm-hmm. dog in Tennessee. Yep. They went in and won. And at a certain point, the books will acknowledge that, you know, like look at the trends even for this team, Tom. They're, they're eight and two away from their home field against the spread. They're eight and three as a dog. They're five and zero oh when they've been priced between plus three and plus six. Six and one as a road underdog. I mean, the team they step up when they're dogs. There's they they play higher than you know their ability. But again, when you take it back to just one pick, you have a lot of things lining up on one side. Yes, the money line is. A little juicy, 180, 190, you know, I'm not sure where it sits now, but I just think it's a rare opportunity to 
be able to take a definitively better team at a pretty good price. And I'd feel really good about the bet. But I hear what you're saying, Tom, and there's no question about it. The books are smarter than me. And if they have this line priced like this, it's because they see a close game on hand. What's going to happen is it's just going to, for me, for that particular bet, it's going to depend how low it gets close to game time. Like, we're going to be talking on Friday, Saturday, trying to put this this in if we want it. Because it's just going to depend how low we can get the money line to dip. I still just think it's a horrible idea to have a whale play in a Super Bowl game. Like, I just think that's a... Uh, on the ba- that's a corny, really tough thing to win, and it just feels like a a minus EV play. Anyway, you dice it up. Like I know a lot of sharp people were on the over on the Pro Bowl last night. Bet in the Pro Bowl. That might have been something where like something kind of sharp. You know, people don't even like I said, people don't even pay attention to it. Who's going to be betting it? Well, the people that have good numbers. Um, well, Ricky, we got all week to talk about the Super Bowl, so we'll continue to do so. I've got a few tennis plays to to let everybody out on here. Love it. Just so the people know before you jump into these times. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying, guys. I've been pushing for Wales a lot. Some would have worked, some wouldn't have, but... We've got guys like Tom in place to make sure that we don't make bad decisions. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. And I hate to be the you – know, everybody hates me now, I guess. <laughs> I'm just that guy. But, you know, it's not as no, – I can talk about that forever. I can talk about that forever. We don't want – the whale plays have to truly be special because, again, it goes back to the Twitter – it goes back to a lot of different things. There's whale plays every night. If that's what you're, like, hunting for, there's other places that have whale plays and you can get all excited about. But here we, you know, we try to keep it real. We try to keep it numbers-based, a mix of numbers. But we have to be able to have a significant edge on something to make it a whale. And I'm not sure that the Super Bowl money line is it, money line favorite. That's fair, my man. I'm still going to pitch my PowerPoint, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Tennis plays for today. Ooh, we got uh, Anna Bogdan going right now. She's mid-match, so we won't include that, but she is playing. Um, First play, we got... Oh, they're all... See, oh, they're all out of order here. Hold on. Ay, ay, ay. Tommy Tennis, come on now. Ah, it's hard. Camilla Georgie is going right now. We're on her. She lost the first set, but that's okay. That already started. The big play today that I'll share, there's two good plays I want to I share today, or the two plays I'm going to give. First one is Belinda Bencich, minus 185. I would play that up to minus 200, and I, I'm playing it for two units this morning. Horror numbers are far superior than Cutter Matova's. Like, it's not even close. So, Belinda Bencich, minus 185 is the number I got for two units. 
I like it for two units up to two dollars, minus two dollars. Hey, I hear two units come from you. I take the phone out. <laughs> Second play, Petra Martic plus one fifteen. Martic again, the serve numbers, serve receive numbers are much, much better. Been playing better over the last year. Petra Martich is the play there. That might be tomorrow morning. Yes, that is tomorrow morning. So plus 115, you can get that locked in. Benchich is tonight at some point. Well, late this morning, I believe. And then, yeah, those are the two plays. Benchich and Martich. Those are the ones we're going with. Love it. Uh, Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the tennis today. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Good luck tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>